to tell the damn story. The show that, the podcast, excuse me, that celebrates the trials and tribulations, the challenges and joys of creativity, and hopefully along the way helps you decide how you want to tell the damn story. Today, we're going to speak about whether or not there's a future for one of the main areas of creativity that we talk about. And who is we? Well, what yeah, who we is we? me? <laughs> <laughs> who we be? Uh, uh, a singular sensation, devotee of Dante, historian of homicide, the reporter with the scoop, inspector detector, mythological master, high school herder, the bro from the city of woe, your kin from the city of sin, a genius at high school, and the guardian of the goddess, me. Chris Ryan. Chris Ryan, um, Ryan, 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 Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who is steering the ship? Who is guiding the universe? Well, that would be the legendary comic book scribing, iconic teenage detectives writing, great underused character developing, and the globe-trotting creator of the world-renowned Blackjack the African-American soldier of fortune set in the 1930s, whose adventures reflect today's problems. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the one, the only, Alex Simmons! <laughs> I want to thank everybody for coming out today. And oh, no, then never mind. Hey, Chris, how you doing? We're doing oh, fine. Look at look at that. Look at Oh, we got it. We give, give another shout-out to Ms. Britt, Maureen Britt. Thank you very much. You know, I, it was meant to be a one and done, but it's so much yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Why am I saying that, folks? Because that wonderful description of Chris was scribed by Ms. Britt and said, I think it was this is episode 166 or 164. She jumped on for a quick moment to to, to oh, yes. that one. And and that was uh that was when you visited um uh, my my mystery writing group online and yep. you were a guest speaker there. Really cool. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yep. So this is, so this is a, uh, that's an ongoing tip of the hat to that group. And yeah. Oh, and um, feel better, Maureen. By the way, uh, she oh, had, yes. Uh, yes, yes, she had a little bit of a procedure on her arm and it's a little sore. Well, it's probably a lot sore, but you know, feel better, recoup, get better soon, all that stuff, and keep listening because we'll talk about you every now and then. I hope I hope you are feeling better. I would like to know, Maureen, though, is that uh, when you are undergoing the procedure, did anybody in the background whisper, "We can rebuild her. <laughs> we have the technology." <laughs> if you get a medical bill for six million dollars, you'll know. Start calling you the bionic woman. Uh, hopefully, hopefully these these jokes are not in ill taste, and I hope you feel better. Yeah. So. Uh, All right, so today, Alex, we are going on online, or we're going live with a conversation we were having about something we were not going to talk about. That's right, we weren't going to talk about this, so we kept talking about it off the sh off camera, off mic, and then we decided, you know, we've been we not talking talk about, about this for 20 minutes, let's put it on mic. We're like, we better talk about this. Yeah. All right, so we are, we are... We're starting with a rumor, and we don't know if it's true. But we're really what what really hooked us was the what if of it. And since mm -hmm. we're a creative podcast, and what right. if are two key question, you know, key words for creatives to use. So um, 
you want to talk about the rumor or should I talk about the rumor? Well, I, let me set up the rumor by saying that we didn't just immediately run out and find a rumor to check out. But what happened was, uh, because we were doing some research for the other topic we were going to hit on today, and uh, we came across some material about DC breaking away from diamond distribution. And this started back in April, May, when Bleeding Cool's articles first started coming out. They, they sort of broke the story. So already we were looking at what once was and seemed to be, I think it's for 25 years, was this, this relationship, this dating this between DC and Diamond, that suddenly that wasn't happening anymore. And, and just in case people aren't sure, DC is DC Comics, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Diamond is the distributor for all these Right. Shows. Diamond distribution. Thank you very much for that, sir. And so the reality, again, 25 years, Diamond had been distributing mm -hmm. DC Comics, right? And I even remember... Uh, back in 1990s, I remember some stuff that went on with distribution, and then we lost a distributing company then. There used to be three right. majors at that time. So change is something that happens. Right. So when looking at yeah. the changes... Then we had a, the rumor came from three sources. I just right, but this is what I'm going to say. In looking at these changes, CBG, Chris came across this rumor. So go ahead. Well, now you got CBG, it. Uh, was a comic book, whatever the, uh, that uh, reporting thing is, and then Bleeding Cool. But also... Um, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard talked about it in their podcast slash YouTube show, uh, uh, Fat Man Beyond. Yeah. Um, yes. No, fat, they call it Fat Man Beyond. Fat Man Beyond. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they had, fat they, Bat. They had to call it Beyond because he's no longer fat. But um, <laughs> but um, but seriously, well, it is what it is, right? Yeah. So um, the rumor from those various sources. Uh, is that the it allegedly DC Comics will stop printing, stop publishing print comic books in June of 2021? We have our doubts. Not to disrespect any of the sources that we found, but you know we're geezers. Hard for us. <laughs> Hardcore geezers. That's, that's right. right. Hard for us to think the world will change. But yeah. then we played with what if, and if that, if that was going to happen, what would the future of comics be? And I, I think we've gotten to some interesting territory. Well, I, I think one of the things, and, and I, as Chris was talking, remember, we were just having this conversation we weren't going to have, you know, and we kept going. This is the covers. This was the episode we're not going to record. Right. So here we are recording the conversation that never happened. Um, some of what Chris's point of view, which he'll share with you in a moment, made me sort of remember a film, which I still haven't looked up the name of yet, with Michael Caine and Robert Duvall and the kid from AI. And um, I said, Chris, I think you're going to be the Michael Caine character in this conversation, and, and I'm going to be the Robert uh, Duvall. I feel like a tough old irritated codger, and, and you're a little bit more laid back suave about it. So here we go. Um, All right, well, you had the idea that this could not possibly be a good thing for the comics industry, correct? Let's underline, let's underline could not possibly, could, could possibly not be, that's actually the phrasing. Oh, that's could not, not be, yeah, could possibly not be a good thing. And, and my lack of faith in that comes from a couple of things. Um, one of them is, it's not like, oh, paper is the most wonderful thing in the world. I like holding books. I happen to still be into that, but I also read from Kindle and from tablets and things like that as well. But it's not from the fact that paper is the only way to go. Print is the only way to go. 
But DC Comics is no longer an entity unto itself anymore. Just the same way as Marvel is no, no longer an entity, entity unto itself. These both are now IP, intellectual property departments, of two major conglomerates, which means that they're only as significant as the bottom line. And that necessarily, or not necessarily, you, the higher-ups really have an affinity for comic book world, the comic books in general. So to me, I'm looking at, okay, you've now shrunk them down to a, a basically a department, and movies and TV shows right now are really generating a lot of money. That's where a lot of new fans are coming in. That's where a lot of people are starting to turn on to it. And I'm saying that if what is possible, this drive towards film and television, yeah, teeters out a bit, peters out a bit, or or just dies down to the point of where the, the, the numbers, the dollars and cents are not so attractive. I can see the bigger, you know, the higher ups going, well, okay, we don't really need, we don't need this. And it's, it gets tossed to the side. It's this thing. It's this thing down the hall and around the corner, which makes me feel that, okay, so you're not printing books, you're going digital. It's just as easy to shut off digital as it is to shut off printing. So that's one of the reasons I don't feel, I don't get much comfort from this thought, okay. because I don't necessarily trust the guys driving the wagon. All right, mate. Let me give you another <laughs> view of that, player. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I want to closely align my view with what you're saying, but then take uh, uh, just a step to the left. Da -da -da -da. All right, so um, you don't trust giant conglomerates i agree i understand except i think we can agree on what makes their engine run mm. greed and profit yes. right, right? Uh, depending on what you want to say and these little ip departments that you talk about they could conceivably be the size that the comic book company used to be okay Here's what here's the way I would suggest we think about this. This is the alternate view. If we look at marketing the existing IR IEP, right? The, the right? existing IP. IP, uh, IP right. excuse me. I threw a letter in there. Which yeah, so I just, just revealed my uh, my secret yeah. identity IEP. as a teacher. Really? IEP IEP yeah. is a whole individual education. Uh, uh, plan, which is a whole different, <laughs> a whole different podcast. All right, so idiots eat potatoes. The yeah, IP, the IP, yes. Um, but we can also look at those departments, as you're saying, as audience growth outlets. Okay. Right. If they go digital, if that were to happen, they have a tremendous opportunity. Not to destroy the comic book industry, as we could easily fear, but to save the comic book industry. But how do you and, see that, Ollie? Well, <laughs> way back in the 1600s or so, the printed form uh, was pamphlets. People would put political pamphlets, pamphlets out, and they would put fictional pamphlets out, and now they put best-selling books out because the medium evolved. 
comic books are pamphlets. Mm-hmm. 21 pages, 22 page pamphlets, yes. But if they were to go digital and there was a series of issues that were then collected into uh, trade paperbacks and put into Amazon and put into uh, bookstores and then comic book shops, almost as an afterthought, a couple of very positive things happen. I'm saying controversial stuff, I know. But one, if you're creating, especially if DC takes the opportunity here that is before them to create a PG-13 platform and then an older platform, you know, for older readers, they could take a bunch of their pre-existing all-ages stuff and offer like is offered now or has been offered a subscription rate a la Netflix or HBO Max or whatever, Um, but also like Comixology and that kind of stuff, but it would be DC content. If they were smart enough, (laughs) sorry, there's a trick, smart enough to say we're going to have a PG-13 level where we're going to make that level, that platform, $5 a month. It's almost uh, a lost leader in the short term. But what it would do, especially if you were to advertise it on CW and advertise it on the back of toys and in the comic books as they're existing and petering out and all that, you would get potentially an audience base like the old days in the 30s and 40s where boys and girls read comics by the millions Mm -hmm. because it was accessible to them. You couldn't walk down a block without finding a newsstand. The newsstand is now in everybody's hand, including those kids. It's a win-win. Parents about handheld their, devices or making make yeah smartphones. They call them smartphones. They call them iPads. You know, you know <laughs> what the kids do these days. Now, it's a win-win, right? Yeah. Because DC wants to continue existing. ATT or whatever conglomerate of the week, right? They want profit. You could sell long-range profit by making. That kind of subscription, advertising it everywhere, doing it as a giveaway, whatever. Two parents, two schools, because everyone's on Chromebooks, get a, a package of um, comics that are a teacher lesson, hire some uh, uh, comic book fan teachers to write those lessons. I don't know who that could be. Alex Simmons, Chris Ryan, just the name too. Um, <laughs> go along with those comics. Shameless right? plug. <laughs> Market those. Give them, even give them away to comic book, uh, to schools. And you could be, think of the public relations of this, right? You could give away, give content to schools during remote learning you could probably put this package together before 2020. That's how easy this would be. What do we have when, on? When oh, we're in take 20. these 12, 
Let's take these 12, all audience, you know, a classic from the well, 50s. You, wait, I'm sorry, but you said before 2020. Do you mean before 2021? Before 2021. Oh, okay. Or before 2020 ends. Yes, or oh, there we before go. Before 2021, either way. But you yep. could do it that quickly, right? Take a dozen comics, dozen lesson plans, projects, put it in a package. All the school has to do is sign up and accept that every one of these things is going to have a subscription, uh, possibility for students, should you want to read more, and send show this to your mom, mom, dad, these are the things, but we have this secondary package if you want your student, your your, your children to continue learning and reading and, you know, and growing with us, right? Boom, boom, boom. Then you start growing. Uh, millions and millions size new consumers of your IP that would be positioned to grow up with your material, to continue your material, to get used to, to be in it be embedded in them and make your computer get your, your video games more attractive, your film and your TV. Attractive. The marketing of the comic book as a very accessible digital experience widens the comic book audience. These are people who will eventually go to bookstores and buy anthologies or, or trade paperbacks of these things. And parents can do that for kids as well. If you, there is a way to look at this as being potentially the thing that can save a comic book industry that has been professed to be dying on the vine for most of our adult lives. Okay. Now, there's the independents, right? Well, that's, and the smaller companies. Going, yeah. right? Now, every teenager revolts if they have the habit of reading comic books. And they say, well, DC's not for me anymore. That was when I was a kid. Oh, what's this independent stuff? Well, now, now I, again, I just have to jump in here because I would say that before I see DC and Marvel doing this or, you know, Disney and, and Warner or whatever uh, doing this with those properties. And, and it's not to say they couldn't, but I, I just don't I don't believe that they're driven in that particular direction, at least not, not now. But I could see independent companies doing that and independent artists doing that starting to look at marketing their comics or their stories in a way that appeals to whatever the age group or reading group is. Because that is more of a, to me, that's more of um, a pioneer thing. I think it's also more of, you know, when you've got a big ship, like they say, you can't, you can't make a quick right turn with a battleship. But you can with a PT boat. You know, you can with a small craft. And so I except, think... Except. Except what? Except you don't have the access and the I, I, uh, uh, product identification of a that, Batman. That, see, but Superman. that's the thing. That doesn't matter because people are independents are doing their books anyway. And, and you know, there's when I say independence, yeah, we could be thinking about, you know, Joe, Jane and Jamal. But we are also understanding that there are smaller companies that are established that have a small market niche. And as... Yes. Online marketers are often talking about, I mean, often talking about 
we don't need small publishing houses or small entrepreneurs do not need a hundred thousand fans buying from them. They only need a thousand in order to make a living. You were correct. Yeah. So, but two so, things. Well, two not, 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 I'm not finished. Not, so I'm what you have? What, what you have? What you have? I wasn't finished. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. But yeah, you you've been going for a while. So I, we're breaking for this commercial break right here. No, all I'm saying is that the independents, I think. I think this is a brave new world for them to explore, absolutely. I think some of them are trying to do that, quote-unquote, education material, but with adventure, a slant to it. I am curious, as I'm, I'm just curious as to whether or not there are really enough people in the mainstream, big two in particular, that would pivot some aspect of this department into exploring that, or are they just you know, trimming the fat as far as they're concerned. Because really, selling comic books, the 22-page pamphlets, is probably not making them goo gobs of money. They're spending more money. It's advertising to me. It's something I'm used to because I like the books. But to them, it may be, you know, I see all this money going out, but I'm not seeing the numbers coming back. And then the last thing about that is, is really, um, like you were saying, video games, uh, Online, you know, people can stream Titans and everything on their on their laptops and on their handheld. So if I can watch all this stuff, you know, do I really need to read this stuff? You know, this becomes another thing. So anyway, you I, were. I, just... I have now. I have three things because I have to good, respond. Good. To that. One, there is a market for readers. Yep. You know, and there are people who read. So then, if they have access to this, more people will read this. Number two, we started this conversation. Because DC was a news item. Right. And, and by the way, I talk about That's it. why I, I <laughs> tailored my comments to that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Third, if DC stops publishing pamphlet comic books, right, and goes to this other model, it's a win for the independents because there's more room in the print market for those titles mm -hmm. and comic book shops can become a more diverse and more dynamic offering. They would still be offering DC trade paperbacks when they came out. But as far as the true comic book uh, fan who is looking for that hit every week, the opportunity is to turn to the other things. Now I have a question for you. Seven. There you go. There you go. No, yeah, right. That's a good answer. I like that one. I'll take that. I'll take seven for, for 10, Bill. Okay. Uh, what's your question? My question is, in terms of, and, you know, and I know a few people who own comic book stores, do you feel that they could make a living in 2021? Because I think it's June when DC is going to do this. Mm -hmm. Do you think they could continue to keep their doors open? based on the limited number of books they could sell published by independents? Well, I think what it's, it really depends on timing, right? Mm. Um, and I think all of this grows out of COVID. I think DC realized that uh, people are beginning to read our stuff digitally. We can keep going that way. But I also believe, as in all the other recreational businesses, when the vaccines finally go in and whatever kind of world we have after COVID, 
Yep. People start going out into the sun. I think one of the elements will be that people are going to have an enormous thirst for the things they used to do. Mm. And why and comic book uh, store patrons are going to want to go to those comic book stores. If those stores can manage to survive through these next several months uh, and open their doors anew, although a lot of them are open now, you know, at least on a limited basis, wear your mask, not the Spider-Man mask, but, you know, um, <laughs> or wear a mask over your Spider-Man mask. Damn it. Yeah, more Iron Man mask. Have, ever noticed that almost all the superheroes have the wrong kind of mask, right, for COVID? Just, just saying. It's not my joke. It's, I think it was somebody else. Sorry, yeah. whoever it is, you had a good joke. Um, but I think the 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 outpouring of enthusiasm for those kind of uh, experiences will, especially if it's timed well, if DC's not putting out new stuff per week and these other companies know enough to push some stuff on the, um, what do you got to, where do you have to uh, uh, list it uh, three weeks, three months before uh, shelf time? Oh, oh, you mean uh, in Diamond Magazine. Diamond uh, Magazine, right? Yeah, yeah right. So, so I think right now we have a potential for Preview. creatives, and this Preview. is a show about creatives. We have a potential for creatives to create and have, even if they're hopefully their products projects are well underway, and have stuff posted for June 2021, you know, to step in and be on the shelves and the people come out and say, God, I just want to go and pick some stuff off the shelf. And, oh, man, it's, you know, I miss that, too. I went to a used record store the other day just to go, just the feeling of going through old records and pulling some out. But yeah, like you said, we're geezers. That's right. <laughs> well, the same thing, you know, um, with a comic book shop or, or uh, whatever. Um, but, I, you know, I can understand DC succeeding in its way. And it widening the, the doors or opening the doors, especially this generation of um, teens through college age students who are more diverse, both um, ethnically, sexually, economically, um, spiritually, spiritually. Yeah, spiritually too. Uh, politically, there's, there's, you know, very like the rest of the country, so we don't even want to go there. Um, <laughs> but you have an opportunity, theoretically, to give that audience that it, you know, that age group does still go to comic book stores and get them a wide range, and it becomes a different experience. It becomes much more like going to an independent bookstore. I, you know, again, I'm I'm going to be interested to see where we are in june and where we are this time next year mm -hmm. uh, around this conversation because you know part of it is again it's 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 a certain amount of of faith it's also a certain amount of domino effect um <clears throat> diamond existing after dc pulls out there's gonna have to be some cuts there there's gonna have to be some adjustments there um the, you know again comic book stores, how many will exist because of COVID, and then again because of how this may pan out over the next 12 months, 10 months. Um, who, 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 who will be left standing? 
becomes an interesting question. Mm-hmm. And what is the direction and how will this pan out? So, I mean, it's, you, you've heard it here, folks. Um, let, let's just hope that, what would that be? I don't even, I'm not even going to do the math on it. But let's just say 50 episodes from now, let's see where we are. Well, yeah, and I think it's, um, my prediction is that either none of what I'm saying will come remotely come true, <laughs> or, or we'll have um, kind of a split personality of the comic books industry. Yeah. And the big boys will be going to the area where most people shop, which will be online and then the big chain store. Right. And then there'll be this great dynamic underground of independent. And what's beautiful about that is the kids raised, and if they are raised potentially in the millions, because millions of comic readers online would appeal to the big corporations. Well, appeal to some of the small guys, too. So, yeah. But but they don't have the the power to, to, to move quickly. If the big conglomerates choose to do so mm-hmm. i'm not hold my breath but there's an opportunity there for them but if they do that and then they get you know a little older like the generation now that is just chomping at the bit to return to that freedom right um and some are going now with masks on and all that sort of stuff there is some of that business returning you have a much potentially the next generation could be much bigger and they could keep getting their stuff digitally but they could also go into the bookstore to see well what i want something else you know you've had that opportunity yeah you've had that where you've read a bunch of stuff and you're like ah, i feel like reading but i want a different taste you know and suddenly you're reading the specter you're reading uh howard the duck or you're reading you know i read howard the duck you never read Howard the Duck? No, I said, how'd you know I read Howard the Duck? I, I never, I never yeah, talked about everybody that. Everybody of a certain age. <laughs> you know, but... Or, I even saw the movie. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, there was so much... There's so much stuff out now. There's, you know, there's, there's like... Um, you can go to YouTube and, and look at the top 10, top 25 independent one-and-done uh, uh, trade paperbacks. And you'll see stuff like blankets, which there's no superpowers at all. You know, it's just a beautiful story. Or, um, my God, there's so many other great, 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 great stories, you know. Or sci-fi, like Saga is great. Well, story. let's let's actually, let's segue, because we're at that halfway mark. Segways are us, ladies Let's segue into, into the other end of this uh, conversation, because part of what today was going to be about was about the diversity and the variety of stories being told now in comics and graphic novels. And one of the things that uh, we were going to talk about was a lot of the independent material. But before we get to that or get to some of that, an article jumped up at us uh, past, yeah, right, leaked right at us um, just this morning because we were still, you know, looking for additional material for the uh, episode. And it's about Wonder Woman. So you want to take that one, or you? Uh, I will in a moment. I'm going to pop it up here and see. Well, let us uh, say that it's it's not about the 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 the, uh, the black uh, um, character uh, that from the Wonder Woman world that I've seen more. I saw some earlier press about what they were going to be doing with that. Uh, we've taken yet another step into 
the multicultural band of colors and and, and backdrops that exist in the world. And this is an interesting double move from DC, where it starts me thinking about, well, they are looking at diversifying IP to attract wider audience and to recreate a widespread gender fluid diverse multicultural uh, readership and so here we go this is from CNN uh, Latinx character lands DC Comics Wonder Woman role and new TV series so not only is it going one way it's going another uh, now DC is doing a, being a little on the um, super safe side with yeah, the comic part of it yeah if you look at um, let's see where it's uh, Yara Yara Floor is what her name is Man, that sounds like a Star Trek name, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> Commander Yara Floor here, yes. Right? She's a Latina, fictional Latina, Latina character, born of an Amazonian warrior and a Brazilian river guard. God. Uh, God. River God. God. I'm sorry, yeah. I went a little too Bronx on that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> river God. Yes, River God. Um, when she discovers her powers, she uses them to fight evil forces, seeking to destroy the world. So you have a great opportunity to do all this. Now... Um, she's going to be in like a, I think it's a two publication run. This is going to just tell that story in print off it goes. Right. And it's uh, an adult, uh, Latinx. Right. 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 And uh, she looks great. You know, looks like a, looks like the role. God bless her. And, um, I think that's a test market. If that sells well, we'll see more of Lara Floor, the adult. Um, Yara Floor, Yara Floor. However, at the same time, a teenage version of that. Wonder Girl. Be, uh, if all can, it looks like it has, all, the ink hasn't quite dried. But, no, uh, they have, not everything has been signed off on just yet. Yeah. Right. But she would be uh, the, the, uh, uh, star of Wonder Girl in the CW. Now, it makes a lot of sense for a number of reasons. Supergirl ended because that was enough of that run, and uh, the actress got pregnant, wanted to be mom. Um, Green Arrow finished, so they need a kind of a mantle, and mm -hmm. Wonder Woman is, is going big guns in the movies and all that sort of stuff, so Wonder Girl, good idea. And like uh, Stargirl, where they took the Justice League and turned them into, like, the Young Justice League. Well, isn't the Justice, Justice Society? Society? Yeah, right. Young Justice Society, where they took all the old characters and beat them to hell and powers transferred to young and diverse uh, <laughs> kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you have, like, the uh, uh, Young Justice Society of Bennington. Um, right. So, and God bless it. It's fun. I'm, a, you know, I wanted to see more of the old people, but not the the audience for that show doesn't. Nobody it. does, right? No, no. It's just me and you. Yeah. Just me and you want to see Doctor. Well, wait, but no. Actually, I got a terrible say, costume. Yes. I got to say they stuck to the tradition because I mean I I've, I've said this before even to some of my students. So when I was growing up, you know, as a kid reading Batman, Superman. I knew that one day, I, you know, this would be really cool. One day you grow up, you become Batman, you know, you're, you're muscular, you're smart, you're doing everything, it's going to be cool. I'm going to do that. And I reached a certain point in my life where I realized 
damn, you know, I should be Batman right about now. I should have, you know, this really, you know, hard, hard body, and I should be really doing this and kicking butt and taking names, you know, fighting crime and everything. And then the day came, just snuck up on me. When I looked in the mirror and I realized, you, you know who you are now. You're, you're the parents. They kill off so that your kid can become Batman <laughs> or any other the number of yeah. heroes who have to wipe out your family, your adult family first, so you become, you know, the savior. So yeah. I realized when they did this with Stargirl, I went, there you go. That's right. Wipe but, out all the old people. <laughs> but again, look at the marketing, right? One, they're creative. Two, diversifying, right? And now you have a whole new set of show figures and merchandise tie-in and toy tie-in that is diverse and young and they can grow with an audience that is diverse and young. That's who's watching this. So yep. it makes me believe that they are hip to wanting to grow an audience like that. Yeah, but I'm, I don't I'm, know if I'm they like... would embrace the comic book part that I was talking about before, but you can see the thing in the DC yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say that I'm a Huey Lewis fan. You know, Huey Lewis in the news, and jump on one of their songs there and go, it's hip to be square. <laughs> you know, so, you know, some, some of us are going, goodbye. <laughs> you know, say goodbye to the things you grew up with. Make room for the new stuff. And, you know, well, and I, I, I deal with it. I mean, like what, Titans? It's really not about us, Alex. We're yeah. not, they're, we're they're not, not the, thinking about the us. buying market. Yeah. Well, so if we're yeah. watching and if we're tying this both into the earlier part of the show and the later part of the show, creatives should be looking to develop and market diverse ideas. Yes. In doing preparation this morning for this, uh, I ran across uh, a character that I just for the first time and I read one sentence about it and that's it. So I'm very ill-equipped to discuss it. So let's do so. Um, <laughs> so apparently there's a new Flash coming as well. One of the Flash family, not to replace the main Flash, and it'll be called Kid Quick. Yep. And the kid looks, uh, the skin looked like an Indian kid or something, I don't know. But Wait a minute, now, I'm sorry, do you mean East Indian, Native American? No, East Indian. East we Indian. Okay, we, don't, we don't use that anymore. Oh, some okay. folks still do. You gotta be nah, cool. nah, nah. We're not those kind of geezers. We are hip geezers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we, we not um, all our audience yeah. may be. So okay. It, it, it looks the truth. Um looks it looks to me from literally a glance. But the thing that uh, caught my eye was that uh, Kid back. Quick is gender considers himself gender fluid. So um Again, another diverse, uh, another move towards diversity in within the main characters of DC. Mm -hmm. right? um, this is this is DC being much more fleet-footed and uh, um, in, in in a way making moves faster than Marvel is. While Mars Marvel has created a huge um, market share, mm -hmm. you know, uh, DC has created more inroads. They've, I'm I, again they've done better with cartoons. The, the question is the question TV is shows. Who's going to be 
more consistent? Who's going to be more real, more genuine? Because, and I'm not going to name names, but I'll simply say that I know of some writers uh, and illustrators who are working on a, a project right now that's it's a, it's a not a one-off, but it's it's a collection of stories which is supposed to be aimed at shining a positive light on diversity in comics. And so they've got a number of writer-artists coming together to do these short stories or these little anthology uh, publications of certain superheroes, not necessarily mainstay superheroes, in stories that deal with race or culture or whatever. Um, and some of the feedback has been, we're wondering if this is just going to be a placation move or not. And so, A, I would like to, you know, like what Miles Morales and a few other characters of Marvel has done with some of the things that DC has done, where these characters have stayed around, you know, part of what I'm looking for is to see as these windmills are turning, and I, I happen to look over at Heidi's article, so that's why I said windmills, as, as these changes are occurring, I'm curious to see what remains consistent, you know, what is a genuine um, move towards being more inclusive, uh, not only for the sake of the dollar, you know, bringing more people and reading the material, but also for the sake of honest representation. I'm curious to see where that goes. And I just want to qu quickly say, Heidi, uh, we were talking about the articles about the whole change with DC and distribution and all that. Heidi's got an article that came out uh, just a couple of days ago. It came out on November 18th. I don't know if you saw that one, uh, Tilting at Windmills. Uh, Heidi who now? Heidi McDonald. Okay. She writes for um, The Beat, you yes. know, which is one of the publications that covers this industry. So, you know, that's one of the more recent articles uh, about what's going on in the publishing. Which windmills are, is she talking about? Uh, she talks predominantly about D.C. and what's happening with D.C. Um, it starts out, in, uh, well, never mind. I, I won't read it now. I'll simply say that's, that's uh, an article that is in The Beat. It's actually article number... Sorry, Heidi is the editor on it. Why am I seeing this with two titles? Okay, Heidi's got one that says Tilting at Windmills, number 282, The End of Days. And then I'm seeing also another person's name, Brian Hibbs. So look that up under the beat and you'll get more information. I don't want to read the whole thing now, but it, it really goes into a lot of the changes that are happening in D.C. Um, and it wow. says, as of June 5th, DC suddenly announced that they were going to stop distributing with Diamond. So anyway, that's we, we moved past the major talk on that, but I'm saying that's a more recent article. If people are looking for articles on this, that's a more recent article about what's going on. So between June of this year and now, a lot has happened. Well, you know, they're not closing up shop. Yeah. They're changing how they do business. Right. It's worth watching how they how they do that new business. I proposed my idea, but there's also other things to look at. They're reviving or supposedly reviving Milestone. In what form? How is it going to be? Are we talking about publications? Are we talking about reprinting anthologies of the old comics and then launching new comics? Are we talking about IPs? for TV series and or film. Mm -hmm. I know Static Shock is, you know, they are very interested in bringing that, you know, to That's some well, sure. I wish Dwayne were still here to, to enjoy that. Well, yes. 
but we still have an opportunity to see where it goes. And they have great opportunities there. Carefully casting hardware could fill the the uh, Rod, uh, Robert Downey Jr. hole left at the end of Endgame. You know, uh, if you have a uh, very charismatic uh, actor playing hardware, which was a milestone um, version of uh, Iron Man, to really oversimplify, there was a lot more with hardware than that. Um, but you could have, there's a market built in People loved that concept of Iron Man. They loved those movies. You could do well with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really interested to see if and what they do with Blood Syndicate. In the, yeah, you that, know, that should be in the days of uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, there's a, there's a potential goldmine of stories there. You know, and um, who was the Superman character whose sidekick was Icon? Oh, Icon. Icon, yeah. Rocket was the sidekick. Rocket was the sidekick. Oh, dude. That was was one of my, when they were all running, that was my favorite of the Milestone comics. And I picked them all up, but there was something about that character and in the hands of creative people uh, like like the people who did Watchmen on HBO, like the people who did Lovecraft Country. And wait a minute, a lot of DC material is going to HBO Max. There's a synergy there mm-hmm. that well, there's we also a business. At there's also a business tie there. Stuff. Huh? There's also a business tie because Warner Brothers and HBO Max are. And they're connected. Exactly. Exactly. So there is a synergy through all these different levels, which again suggests that whatever the rumor is about print or no print, these guys are not stopping doing business. They're just changing the way. And there's an opportunity for the next 10 years, 15 years to be really dynamic. How it happens? It really is up to everybody. There's opportunities for the independent. There's opportunities for the majors. And no matter what else anybody else in the argument says, there are seats at the table for diversity of all kinds. And anyone who denies that or pushes them away from the table is taking a very large caliber gun and shooting themselves in the foot. Both feet. Is the opportunity. And if you are diverse or you have diverse down. characters, you should be writing right now. Just wait to the end of this episode and then go and write. Yeah. Okay. So here's 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 here's, 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 here's a couple of other things I want to throw on there. One, um, in talking about diversity and talking about uh, change and and sort of reinventing uh, characters and like that. I mean, because you know, like Nick Fury was for a period of time a white character, then you know, became a black character, and then one Samuel L. Jackson wound up playing him in the films. You know, and there's a number of shifts that have occurred. I was just noticing you but, were talking but about... But Alex, that was a business decision. Right, no, that's, not, that's not what I'm debating. Carefully. I'm not debating anything here. I'm simply saying this is one of the things that happened. I'm not debating it. 
I'm oh, saying I, the, I don't think we are. Yeah, no, but there is president yes. for business decisions to create very, very fruitful creative opportunities. Right. What I was going to say was that you mentioned this new character, Kid Quick, and, you know, specifics how they are approaching bringing this character into the DCU. And I went back because I knew the name rang a little bit of a vague bell. There was a Justice Society era, I don't know if he was a member of it, a character called Johnny Quick. And the uniform was very similar, but of course, as was the case with a lot of those old, you know, nostalgic characters, he was, was a white male, blonde-haired. So I'm looking at it, you know, the costume coloring is similar, but it seems like they do that with a lot of the Flash characters. Red and yellow is a thing. But Johnny Quick was, so I'm just wondering if they're going to do that Justice Society type thing again, where Kid Quick is going to, you know, have any kind of ties to the legacy of Johnny Quick, or is it just going to be something new? Um, they, but they, and then one other thing most say of you're the, going to say, and I want to say one other thing about it. Say what you're going to say, and then I want to finish off where it's I was just, going They've with been that. renewing the Flash and expanding the Flash family for 10 or 20 years now. There was another Johnny Quick. There was another Kid Flash. Now they're, right. <clears throat> so now they're creating, you know, other characters and, and well, even the TV iterations yeah. of those characters, you yeah. know. So I just am interested in see how they handle uh, gender fluidity. Well, again, that is really that's going to be unique. That's the unique aspect of this. But what I was also thinking about was going forward and 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 tying in what we were saying about. Um, the market, you know, DC stops printing, room for more um, smaller groups, smaller independents and things like that. Yeah, um, there are characters, I mean, first of all, there's room for new characters, for, for people out there creating, whether they're superhero or not, new characters to gain our interest and build their own audiences up. But there's also, and you and I have had some exposure to this uh, over the years, there are also characters that existed in the past, whether they were extremely popular or not. And at some point, they stopped publishing. They're, they're public domain. And there are aspects of some of these characters that would be fun to bring back in a new, with a new presentation, with a new spin. And so they've done that with some of the older characters. I'm just, you know, again, throwing that out there, that for some of the independents, if you're looking at trying to build your stable of, of, of books, that you might want to look at things that are in public domain right now and say, if I were doing this character, what would be, how would it look through my lens? What would my, my, my way of thinking, my, my, my culture, my religion, whatever, how would that affect this character? What would I do with it? And see if you have yet something else that you can put on the drawing board and start to develop into a property that you could benefit from as a publisher or as as you know potentially you know you get a deal with it. True. You know, so look at you know. Now's the time. Get to work. Yep, 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 yep. So I know we've, we. It seems like we were in a million places today, but we were really basically talking about change. Uh, we were talking about change in publishing. We were talking about change on the upper level where there's a lot more money. And then we just came sliding across the room to the other side of where there's folks with less money or almost no money um, or that, you know, we're not mainstream, but we're creating as best we can. 
And the reality is changes change affects us all. <clears throat> and and, and there's it, another big change. Is right. Who we can write about. Who yeah. we can draw about. Who can we create about that the the palette of it, who's acceptable is so wide ranging. You know, you and I benefited when we were reading they were starting to crack uh, 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 that open and not everyone had to be blonde, blue haired, you know, uh, uh, characters. And, you know, we, we got like the Falcon and Luke Cage and all these other characters, even if they weren't the greatest um, iterations that, you know, eventually they became stronger and stronger. But now, I don't know if, the, I think maybe a Nazi. Right? You probably you probably couldn't do a well maybe you do a small run and do a, a core audience you know a, a, a good Nazi hero but we, most of us are like mm, we know about Nazi no yeah. um, so everything's on the everything's on the table one of my favorite characters is Ms Marvel she's so much fun you know a Muslim girl from Jersey City yeah. And uh, not to, not to plug uh, Marvel, but if you're on the Marvel station, look at 616 and look at the episode where they celebrate all the women of Marvel Comics. And it leads up to one of the executives that that character is based on. And it just really, uh, you see the, how far they've come from, you know, Marie Severin's days and all that stuff to uh, these days. Um, those opportunities are... For, for the taking, for the creating. Go out. I'll, I'll also, I'll also, stories. This, I'll also throw this in, because um, as you know, there's where we are as a country right now. There's a lot of you know push back and forth and everything, and part of it seems to be, it's, it's funny because it really does come down to I want to see more people who look like me, or I want to keep seeing people who look like me, uh, and it's it's funny that either side or at least one side in particular has trouble understanding the other side having the same desire. You know, if, if you, if your, your world of comics has been one way for generations and you want it to stay that way because you want to see characters that look like you. Okay. So now take that same mindset and understand that there's a whole other side of the world that's existed for all those same years that wanted the same thing. And that that's happening now, and it has been happening for at least thirty years, and it's, it it has to continue that it has to, all right. So if we, well, it it has to. Yes, I I agree with you a hundred percent, and the sad truth is the big division in this country, and not only this place, but you know on all levels, including creativity, is. The desire for it to progress versus the fear of it progressing. Yeah. And the adamant, desperate intention to not only make it stop progressing, but to turn back the clocks. Right. That is the battle of our time. Yes. And speaking to that, um, I think it's more important now than ever for both sides, really. And I know that's hard to believe. But it's more important for both sides to communicate about this, not yell at each other, not, not shoot at each other, but really to discuss it. Whether we are going to agree or not is not even the point. We've got to be able to start really talking about it. Just keep talking and yeah. listen. Yeah. 
We have forgotten how to listen. Yeah. We got to get out of the echo chamber and listen. Yeah. And in doing that, part of, I feel, part of the process of at least finding the levels on which you can communicate is seeing the possibilities. I mean, whether, again, you accept it or embrace it, at least seeing the possibilities. So it's more important to me for people to keep com- to, to continue for creatives to con- to create material that that displays this that that brings this out into the light so that we can look at these characters and start to you know really see okay this don't suppose what it's going to look like this is what it looks like you know make your judgment call now but you know at least give it give it a shot to look at it and I, you know, I'm, I'm happy that some of these things have happened, and I'm very interested, you know, going back to the business end of it, because it's, it's about green a lot more often than it is about black and white or anything else. I'm interested to see where these moves in 2021 take us as, as an industry, as an entertainment medium, as an educational medium, and finally as a reflection of life in this country. God bless America. <laughs> Hoorah. Anyway, good. Have a good one, uh, everybody. Chris, as usual, always great talking with you. Yes, and i tell you what. You know there are good friendships here when you can decide not to talk about it, something and then get on and talk about it for an entire interesting episode. That's <laughs> how you tell the damn story. We're not talk about that. Let's not talk about something else next week. <laughs> yes. Until then, have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, oh, yes. Well, Stay actually, home. Yeah. That's right. It'll wash be your hands. Wash your turkey's hands. Wait, yeah, what? Right. Uh, but you're gonna have vegetarian turkey. Enjoy that. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of people very very worried about this holiday. So stay safe, please. Yes. And, please. Uh, we'll see you on the other side of the turkey. You got it. Take care, Chris. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Thanks.